the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. The Monday edition. It feels like the holiday, the Christmas holiday, has in earnest begun, doesn't it? Except not on my mic. Merry Christmas, John. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, Kathy. It's a rough way to begin the Merry week. Christmas. No. Welcome. Welcome to the platform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. No, doesn't it? I mean, Merry Christmas to you. But traffic's light out there. At least it was coming in. Yeah, it wasn't heavy at all. And, so, I, you know, I was happy because I was out this morning being a little elf. What do you mean? I you went out. Christmas I, I went out and bought Christmas wreaths. Did fresh you? Christmas wreaths. Oh. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, where'd you do that? Uh, out at Sorgles, a nice. place I like very much in Wexford, PA. And you hang them where? I hung one on um, my mom's door, mm. and I hung one on uh, her neighbor's door. Very well, I, nice. I handed it to her husband, and I assume he hung it. Right. On but the anyway, it was super fun. How about when you see people driving around with uh, Christmas wreaths on the uh, front of their car? I don't like that. <laughs> it's kind of rough. Why don't you like it? I kind of like it. I like it. It seems a little too precious. No, it's not precious. It just... It's you know what I think? Mobile Christmas I think, greetings. I think really you had enough time to do that. I like it. That's what I thought. Real, well, I know. I'm not a nice person. No, no, no. I mean, you know, people put all sorts of things on the car. Why mm-hmm. not put a Christmas wreath? And really, do we need to put all this stuff on a car? Whatever people put on a car, I think is too much. Wait a second. You don't wash your car, so I, your, your window so, of, of... Well, you can tell that those okay. things don't matter right. to me. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway, so you're doing some Christmas shopping, some elf-like work. Yeah. Um, both you and I, our, our kids have passed the age of, of toys, which quite, for the quite most honestly, part, it breaks my heart. Yeah. Cause that's a fun age. It I like that. Really but I have was. a lot of nieces and nephews. And so I've, oh, been, you're I've, buying toys. I've done a lot of toy shopping in have the last you? two weeks. Yes. We've done a lot of book shopping. Oh, book shopping's great. Yeah. You know, we're doing that mm-hmm. instead of toys. Cause I love that. I mean, how many how toys you know, can you how, get? Well, how many, know, what do you know what to buy a kid? I agree. Do kids even want toys I, anymore? I agree. Well, I hope that the people I bought all those toys for want toys. That's all I have to <laughs> That's say. Right. Okay, but when I think back on the toys that I loved at Christmas in particular, mm-hmm. there are a couple that stick out. Of course. It the, was like a must-have. It was. And two of them revolve around Barbie. Really? One of them was the Barbie head. Which, oh, the makeup head. The makeup head and the hair. So mm-hmm. you could, it was just, it was a, it was like a life-size Barbie head, but where her shoulders would be was just like a little tray. It's a really, uh, you know, obscene idea if you no, think no, no, about no. it. It's very odd. I think when I see that, I kind of think of like cosmetology school. It is a lot like Don't that. They have I that? was like doing my own cosmetology school in third grade. Right. Yeah. So you're able to do her hair and her makeup and the whole thing. I loved, loved, loved my Barbie head. Mm-hmm. I bet it had a different name. Barbie head. Yeah, I don't think it was Barbie I'm surprised head. you didn't name her. Yeah, I didn't think of that. So there was. Was it, was it a wig? Uh, no, it was her actual hair, but you could, you know, put it in barrettes or a ponytail or whatever you decided. Yeah. I think you could curl it. Also. Really? Did you have a curling iron? I don't. That seems like a lot for a third grader. 
Huh. I don't think I had a curling. curlers. You had curlers. Yeah, probably curlers. Mm-hmm. But how would they work if they weren't hot? I don't know. I don't remember. Styling gel. It wasn't just that, though. I also had the Barbie condominium, which had Whoa. a movable elevator. Oh, oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that? That was pretty big. It was, it? and it was tall. Mm-hmm. It was tall because it had three floors. Because Barbie had a lot to do. You think your dad put that together? Uh, I think so. Nice. Mm-hmm. So when you came down on Christmas morning. It was there. It was ready. Ready to go. The only problem was you had to wait eight hours to play with it until everybody else had their uh, presents open. That's how we do it. <laughs> Everybody's polite and everybody just you know, one person at a time opens their gift. We've talked about this in the past. But Kathy's Christmas morning experience <laughs> is complete and then operational. I mean, they are so completely, totally different. My Christmas morning mm-hmm. was like a riot. Seriously, it was a riot. Mm-hmm. Yours was very precise. Yeah. You know, Mike would open a gift, and then we all watch Mike open the gift. Oh, my God. And then John's going to open a gift. We're all going to uh, watch John open his gift and exclaim over it and uh, say, isn't that awesome? And then I'm going to open my gift. I think that's remarkable self-control for a child. Seriously. It's re- Seven of us came down the steps at one time. It's shocking that no one ever broke a limb. <laughs> And we all lunged forward to find our pile of gifts, and then we proceeded to rip them open. Yeah, in- but when they're, but then it's so over so fast. Christmas oh, no, is no, over no, in like no. 30 seconds. No, 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 no. Because then, then you are able to break it down. You hold things up triumphantly. You walk around. Yeah. Then you get a little jealous at what your brother got or your sister got. You check in with your parents and talk about Santa. No, it goes on for a couple of hours. Okay, all right. Well, listen. The Wall Street Journal today talked about Barbie, in fact, and oh, a bunch of other a bunch of other games yeah. um, that they're trying to bring to a new audience, a new generation. So while marketing parents. They're also trying to market kids. So this is what they're saying. Okay, so if Kathy Emmons has some children or some nieces and nephews and Kathy, when she was a kid, liked Barbie, how can we as the Mattel company encourage her to buy a Barbie that her nieces and nephews are going to like? And maybe her kids are going to like. So Barbie has to look different now for a kid than when I was a kid. So they want Barbie to be classic and contemporaneous at the same time. Interesting. Okay. So uh, then there's nostalgia for you because you are first right. generation. And I want to buy her a Barbie because I loved my Barbie. Sure. But I want to make sure that the Barbie I buy for her is going to be one that she's going to think is c- current as well. So Barbie turns... Si- 60. This is Barbie's 60th, 60th year. birthday. Holy right. smokes. Barbie's been okay, right. so this is what Mattel's doing. Uh, they have listed a life size Barbie Malibu dream house on Airbnb. Oh, that sounds fabulous. Mm-hmm. How fun would that be to go there? It really there? would be. They've also introduced new dolls the Barbie Career Anniversary doll. Hmm. That's going to highlight six of Barbie's most popular professions. Oh. Do you know that she's had 200 careers since she started? Barbie. She's had a little trouble holding down a job. She's been very busy. Hey, Barbie, what's going on? You also can um, buy the 60th anniversary doll for only $60. Only $60. $60 for a Barbie. 60 bucks 60. for a Barbie. That sounds pretty Com- steep. It's very steep. Comes in two different skin tones and hair colors. So you can change who Barbie is. I see. Wait, 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 wait. The skin, the color of the skin changes? You Apparently. can do that? That's right. Well, for $60. Really? Crying out loud. And uh, they're portraying Barbie this year as the original girl empowerment brand. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Okay, so that's going to appeal right. to a new set of people. Well, good for Barbie. Happy birthday to her 60. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it on your list? Have no. you bought Barbie for anyone? No. I mean, I bought Barbie for my kids at yard sales. Right. I don't think I've bought a real Barbie, $60 Barbie since then. All right, let's move on to another one, Trivial Pursuit. Now, this was a huge game when I was in high school. Yeah, We played Trivial Pursuit a lot. Um, Mike, I want to ask you, 
Uh, Trivial Pursuit, they're trying, the company that's made Trivial Pursuit is trying to reimagine it for a new generation. Was that an important game for you? No, it wasn't, not, not for me. Did no. you, do you know, did you own it? I never, what, what, what are you laughing at, John? <laughs> what are you laughing what at? What are you laughing at? <laughs> what, you're looking at the category things Mike doesn't know. Like, that's not what? one of the pieces of the puzzle. <laughs> it's just funny. You go, now, I know it was a super popular game. Yeah. For, okay, so it was a super popular game. I knew it was a super popular game. It wasn't, it wasn't like made in Canada or something? Maybe. I don't know where it was made. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, I, but yeah, I but never, you never played, played it. it. Did my your family ne- play it? My brother's 10 years older than me. Did he, he play it? He never played it. We never had, we never had that in our home. Never. John, never. How important was Trivial Pursuit for you? Very. Was it? Yeah. In your in your home growing up? No, no. Um, like college life. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of guys just hanging out. You know, hey, let's let's play a game. We would play Trivial Pursuit. Really? Yeah. Okay, so Trivial Pursuit is turning forty this year. That's cool. Okay, so they're now they've kind of been reimagining it as it's gone along because there's been like the Harry Potter edition. Sure, sure. Which listen, I read all the Harry Potter books. I saw all the Harry Potter movies. I loved them. I was a complete and total abject failure at that game. Were you? Because the minutia, think about the minutia mm, of yeah. stuff that they're putting in. I was right, a right. complete disaster. There's also the Star Wars edition. Mm. There's the Lord of the Rings edition. There's the Friends yeah. edition. You know what I mean? There's the 80s mm. edition, the right. 2000s edition. Anyway, so they've kind of been working on that all along. Do you have any of those other editions? No, I do not. As a matter of fact, I think I still have the original edition I do too. at my house. I do too. In the blue box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it. When's the last time you played it? I have no idea. Me too. Right. It's been forever and ever and ever. Which category did you always avoid? Um, I'd have to look at that. Probably something to do with money. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was blue. Geography. Blue. Oh, geography. Horrible. Okay. It's absolutely horrible. Geography. Economics or something. Like that. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah. not doing that. Anyway. All right. So it's kind of interesting. So they're also, let me say one other thing. Yeah. They're reimagining Little Mermaid. Uh, why? Well, because they're trying to make it, you know, more, as I said, contemporaneous. Uh, they have created new toys that expand... This is what I'm talking about, the Harry Potter thing. Minor moments in the movie, such oh as gosh. scenes with Ariel and her sisters. Hmm. Now, I don't really remember a whole lot about her sisters. Until now, the sisters haven't been a big part of the massive Little Mermaid toy assortment that spans 30 years. But new dolls highlighting lesser-known characters are broadening the movie's narrative, making it feel fresh to fans who have seen it countless times. I've never seen it. So you... I've never seen it. I could care less about Little Mermaid. I don't have girls. Mike? Hundreds of times. Oh, you have not. Yes. Thank you. Hundred. My, I have a sister. Hundreds Thank of times? You. Lo- yeah. How old's your sister? My sister's six years older than me. She's old enough to love Little Mermaid, and I'm so, disappointed right. in you, John. Right. So she this is me, the- um, Go for it. No, no. It's the 30th anniversary, so it was right in her wheelhouse. Yes, it was. And, yeah. and that, I've never seen it. And that article I'm reading from today's Wall Street Journal. Very nice. Take a break. Come back, uh, as we do every Monday. about Little Mermaid. Nothing. But- And you don't know Trivial Pursuit. No. Forward ahead, we're going to go to the White House, as we always do. Greg Clarkston joins us from SRN News, White House correspondent. Hey, don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. Open enrollment and soon you have some important decisions to make today. Look, we all know Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you've got questions and they have the answers you're looking for. So are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold pat for another year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D, your Part D prescription plan? I can't even say it. 
<laughs> or drop it all together. Look, don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Call 724-884-1496 or find them online today. Marley Financial, MarleyFG.com. 101.5 WORD. All systems go. On the next Adventure in Odyssey. Is this Bethlehem? Connie and Eugene discover that the first nativity wasn't quite what they expected. Good grief. Is this the end? What a dump. Join them in first century Bethlehem. Bethlehem? <laughs> the armpit of the civilized world. This is a fitting place for a Hebrew king. Yes, it is. On the next Adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection, a diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark, beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. This Christmas, put 36 holes in your golf lover's stocking for half the price with the Salem Half Price Golf Card. Get half-off savings now while supplies last. Good for 18 holes at Pheasant Ridge and 18 more at Harmony Ridge with cart, just $53. Order now before they're gone at pittsburgh.discountshop.com. Club.com. So find some stockings and put a hole in one at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com. If it's Monday, there must be impeachment talk in Washington, D.C. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston joins us as our first guest every Monday. Greg, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? Hi, John. I'm doing great. Good to be with you and Kathy. Always a pleasure. Always. Thank you. Okay, Greg. So uh, what is happening in D.C.? Uh, it's, it's hard. It's so fast moving. I feel like if you step away from the news cycle for an hour or two, something's already changed as far as the impeachment process. Sure. Well, the latest, John, is that we're gearing up for uh, a scheduled anticipated vote by the full House on Wednesday. There will be a committee meeting tomorrow on a committee hearing on the rules. They'll simply be going over how the the process will be laid out. So we'll learn more about those details tomorrow. But the the baseline facts or anticipation is that there will be a full House vote on Wednesday, that the Democrats have enough votes to formally impeach the President of the United States. And then that, of course, means the issue moves across Capitol Hill from the House to the Senate, and that would set up a trial, an impeachment trial, in January. I know you know this. I know a lot of your listeners know this, but not everybody knows this, and that's based on some conversations I've had with people over the last few days. There are still a lot of people who believe impeachment equals removal from office, Mm -hmm. and we should just remind folks that it's a two-step process. Impeachment is essentially the House saying they so disapprove of the president's behavior, they're taking this vote 
essentially of, of no confidence, really. And then it will be up to the Senate to decide whether the president stays in office or not. Greg, talk about what the procedure would be when the trial would go to the Senate. Um, what decisions, if any, does the president get to make as far as what that looks like or how that would proceed? Yeah, we've learned a couple of things on that front today. Uh, leading up to, to today, the president has said uh, that the White House is is working um, in cooperation with the Senate Majority Leader, and that's Mitch McConnell, the top Republican in the Senate, and his office has said the same thing. They're working with the administration, so they're on the same page moving forward. Uh, and that has left a lot of Democrats uh, concerned that th- the Senate trial is actually going to be fair and impartial. Uh, they're worried that if the Senate Majority Leader is on the same page of the White House, and of course it's an impeachment process, a trial of the president, uh, they just, they're just they just not sure or convinced that it's going to be fair. And so what you have uh, had today happen is the top Democrat, Chuck Schumer, has been saying, look, we want to have witnesses, live witnesses called, because it's going to be a trial. It literally is a trial. Uh, and McConnell has indicated now he's not in favor of having witnesses. Even though the president himself has said he would love to have the whistleblower, he would love to have the House uh, Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff and other people, including the Bidens, testify, the Democrats would like to have former National Security Advisor John Bolton and the Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney testify. Uh, But it's still up in the air, you guys, as to whether or not there will be witnesses. Right now, McConnell says there won't be. So that's confusing then, Greg. How can you have a trial and not have witnesses? Well, that's what that's what Democrat Schumer was saying today. He was saying that's what trials are all about. It's hearing evidence. It's hearing testimony from witnesses who can speak to the issue at hand. And so it, it's still going to be playing itself out, not just this week, but probably over the uh, Christmas holiday break as well, because uh, the timetable and a calendar for the Senate impeachment trial, all of that is still going to have to be hashed out. So mm-hmm. we're... We're still at the beginning of that process simply because the House vote hasn't even taken place yet this week. So, Greg, what about the I don't know if it's appropriate even to do a comparison between an impeachment trial and a criminal trial. But in a criminal trial, whoever the accused is can uh, negotiate a strategy with his attorneys. Is that this will the does the president approach an impeachment trial in the same way? Yeah, that seems to be the indication that we're getting from McConnell, uh, because when he was saying that the McConnell and the White, that, that the Senate and the that his office and the White House are on the same page um, and are in cooperation together, uh, that's not just talking about the the format of the trial and some of the particulars, but it also does speak, uh, in some sense, uh, to what the um, what the available. Uh, procedures are going to be directly related to the president in terms of what he's going to be allowed and his lawyers are going to be allowed to do. We're still learning and still waiting uh, on some of these details, Kathy. And so the president, obviously, uh, he hasn't announced publicly who he's going to have uh, represent him as well. So there still are a lot of pieces and players that have yet to be named. And uh, we're we're just a little bit in the in the waiting game right now. I see. So, Greg, uh, I'm not sure if this was truth or not, but this is one of these things I read over the weekend that um, the president uh, may have said that he was not interested in being part of the process, that he refused to be uh, anywhere near trial. Is, is there any uh, credence to that? 
Yeah, you know, we've heard we, we've heard various um, comments from the president and also statements attributed to the president. And there are a lot of statements out there, and it's important to track down the veracity of them. You're right, John, asking to make sure they're 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 accurate. The president has been on both sides of this issue. Actually, he has said, "I'm in favor of a long trial." He would like to see it drawn out. He would like to see a lot of witnesses paraded before the Senate. And then last week, he also said, "You know, I, I wouldn't mind a short trial either," because <laughs> I, I think the president is of, of two minds of this. And maybe depending on the day of the week or the hour of the day, he might have a different mm-hmm. opinion. Interesting. And were you saying, Greg, that Chuck Schumer is the one who was concerned about the fairness of the upcoming trial? <laughs> yes. And of course, I just had I, to bring out this seems like an ironic statement. Well, I, I know. And both sides, to be honest, both parties, uh, they're accusing the other side of not being fair about these issues. Uh, of course, it was the White House this morning, the press secretary tweeting that you have this sweeping several hundred page uh, impeachment report that the House put out in the middle of the night last night, uh, spelling out its rationale. And uh, she was saying, look, this is a partisan sham. And then and, and she basically said, if uh, if you believe that Schumer is interested in a fair process, that's a laughable quote in her oh, words. Mm-hmm. Wow. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. Greg, uh, despite the large shadow that's looming over the nation's capital with impeachment, there is uh, apparently some legislative work, last-minute holiday work being done, yes? Yeah, you guys remember ever cramming for finals <laughs> in college? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you realize time is short. <laughs> This is, that's the perfect analogy every time this year, it seems, for members of Congress in recent years. This has become the pattern where they can't get the official spending bill um, package done by the end of September, which is the original deadline every year uh, for the new fiscal year of the government. And so it all slides to usually late December between Thanksgiving and Christmas and bumping up against the end of the year. And that's where we are again this year. Uh, we are expecting a, about a $1.5 trillion government-wide spending package to be formally announced uh, either later today or sometime tomorrow. But uh, we're already getting a little uh, sneak peek at some of these, uh, some, some of the measures and provisions inside this. There's, and what happens, you guys, is when, when you have this end-of-the-year kind of huge package and the provisions and add-ons get put in, uh, it essentially means that there are a lot of small victories for Democrats and Republicans. Uh, for example, there will be steady funding for the border wall project that the president is so uh, in favor of. And there will be some other priority spending on early education funding and things that Democrats have been very vocal about as well. So obviously, uh, if this gets passed this week and signed by the president, a couple of things will happen. Uh, primarily, it'll avert an, another government shutdown, uh, which is set to take place at the uh, this coming weekend, actually. So that's why they're up against the, uh, the target date of this Friday once again. And Greg, we're all looking forward to the uh, ramp up. I don't know if even ramp up is the right word for the 2020 presidential election. And uh, news comes out today that the President Trump says, no, wait a minute. Now, why do we have to go with the commission that we've always gone with who sets up the debates? I mean, what if I just, what, is he just go going to go ad hoc? Well, he was giving that suggestion on Twitter this morning because uh, he was accusing the commission on presidential debates of being very biased against him. He said they're stacked with uh, partisans who are uh, never Trumpers or against him and his policies. Now, this is uh, a, a nonpartisan and a nonprofit organization that has put together and organized all of the presidential and vice presidential debates since the late 1980s. 
Um, so uh, there have been any number of, uh, you know, Republicans uh, in previous administrations and Democrats who have uh, adhered to this process. But this president likes to uh, go his own way on a, on a lot of issues. And so he's putting out there the possibility that he's going to bypass or ignore the commission, which has already put out their debates and their, their locations at various universities around the country uh, late next fall before the election. Uh, he said he, uh, the president was tweeting this morning, he wants to and looks forward to debating whoever his Democratic opponent is going to be. He just, m- just wants to do it on uh, terms that he thinks might be friendlier or at least more fair in his opinion. I see. So, Greg, uh, as you leave us and we think about uh, peace on earth, goodwill towards men in the, in the nation's capital, is there a time ever when all the members of the Senate gather together and they come together with appreciation or um, a peaceful attitude towards each other? Is there a gathering like that ever? Or is there a Yule log that might help? Well, if there is, I uh, we're not privy to it, or at least it's not. Uh, it's not. They don't bring television cameras in or, or radio microphones. It, it, it's um, it, it is a question that I often hear about. You know, like is is it really as bad in Washington as it sounds? Yes. And in some ways, it is. Uh, partisanship has has been on the rise. Um, although it's also nothing new. That's the thing. If you look back through history, uh, there have been a lot of uh, members of Congress and even members and even presidents uh, in past administrations who have said and done things that have been uh, very inflammatory um, and campaigns that have been very, you know, had, have had a lot of dirty politics. Yeah. So uh, in some sense, a lot of it is not new. But it does, it does beg the question, uh, where is the country headed with this sharp political divide that we seem to see on just about every issue, whether you're talking about where to buy a chicken sandwich, where to drink coffee, right. uh, what television shows to watch, what kind and of jeans to buy? politics. Yeah, right. all of that, yeah. It seems like there's, there's not any area of, of American life uh, that isn't uh, isn't torched by the political divide right now. So it, that's a that's a very legitimate question. I would say that there are there are good people in government still. Uh, it's just that the, uh, the the clashes that we see, the high profile battles that we uh, that are that we're witnessing, especially uh, because illustrated by impeachment, uh, that's just kind of sucking all the oxygen out of the room. And uh, it's unfortunate because there are some good and decent people in government sure. as well as in media, and uh, it, they just don't get the attention that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people would like to see. Hmm. Well, Greg, um, in these troubled times, there's no one we trust more to guide us through the tall weeds than you, my yes. friend. Speaking of good people in media, thank you, Greg. Well, thank you, and I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and Happy New Year. And you as well. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Every Monday at uh, 4.15, Greg joins us live on the air. Chingler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time of the year. And Mark Martell. Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800 965 9324. Welcomed by Word FM. 
Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. As a parent, you spend countless years, days, weeks, hours, in the effort of helping to shape and mold your child. And and that's what it is. Sometimes it's glorious. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's brutally hard. But there is constant effort if you're engaged, especially if you're a follower in Jesus Christ. You want to bring your child up to know Christ, to live a, a life that's full and rich in the walk. And secondary education is so expensive. So there's, of course, the financial thing that you're risking. But you're really risking more than that when you send your kid off to school, right? Because all the effort that you put into shaping their worldview and introducing them to Jesus and all of those sorts of things, you don't want that to be undone in four years on a campus where you're not and where they're just going to be at the whim of whatever worldview is presented to them. Now, of course, no campus is perfect. No campus is perfect. And there's no security or safety net that as you send your child away, they will continue to walk the walk. However, given the choice, when I look at the excellence of the education, the integrity and the Christlikeness of the faculty, the staff, all of that, I'm thrilled that my child and Kath, your child as well, is at Grove City College. For more information about Grove City and how it can fit with your kid, find them online, gcc.edu. Winter weather advisory in effect from 4 p.m. this afternoon to 11 a.m. Tuesday. Cloudy and not as cold this afternoon with a little late rain, high 38. Occasional rain for tonight, low 32. Cloudy tomorrow with a passing shower in the morning, followed by a few flurries in the afternoon with a high of 36. Cloudy for Wednesday and increasingly windy with a few snow showers, high 26. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Cheryl Golden. Happy Monday. Thank you. It's not just Monday, though. It's National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. Now, what does that mean? Well, I can't wait to tell you because, you know, I've been excited all day to discuss the particulars of the story. Now, we know that so many foods are improved by adding chocolate to them. Of course. Like? Strawberries. Peanuts. Sure. Almonds. Mm Mm-hmm. Raisins. Yeah, anything. Anything. Right. right. Okay, well, wait do you hear these things. Okay. I found on the travel.com a list of 20 of the most unusual things that are not just covered with chocolate sometimes, but like for where they are, it's a regular thing that these things are covered really? with chocolate. Really? A regular thing? Now, I do not have like countries of origin. I wish that travel... <laughs> TheTravel.com had said this was popular in... Rhodesia. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They have not done that. Okay. However, I would like to read them to you. Okay, great. I okay? look forward to it. Number 20 is squid. 
Squid. Chocolate covered squid. Chocolate squid. Really? The little tiny. The little like little calamari. Okay. Really? Uh huh. I love calamari. Do I you? do too. I absolutely love it. Nineteen worms. That's the only way worms would be good if they were chocolate covered. I, it's really, really right? disgusting. Quite a few places around the world attempt to sell the chocolate covered worms as mm. a rare dessert. <laughs> they try to. This is worse. Number mm. eighteen, onions. Chocolate covered onions. People, what are we talking about? It's particular to Philadelphia. Really, dark. Now or we white? already know that they are a lesser uh, breed. Off. Let's just be honest. Is it dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Doesn't uh, matter. It looks like in this photograph, it's milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's, it just sounds like a horrible idea. Number 17 is Slim Jims. <laughs> oh, I like that a lot. I think that'd be pretty good. I think so. I'd like a Slim Jim. We, we have a boss that eats Slim Jims like it's his whole job. Yeah, he does. And I think maybe we could get him some chocolate covered Slim Jims that'd be to kind of spruce things up. Number 16, lemons. Oh, I'd love to try that. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Give me that shot. I'm excited. Number 15, Cheerios. Okay. I think it's fine. Number 14, Chickpeas. Chocolate covered chick. I don't like chickpeas, do you? Not at no, all. No, no. I don't like them at bland. all. Kind of bland. Number 13, seaweed. Hmm, okay, I'd try that. Okay, I would too. It looks like a, um, you know those, I can't think of the brand, but they're chocolate squares and inside they have mint. You know, you break them off and oh, it's sure, kind sure, of, sure. you know, liquidy in there and there's right. mint. That's what this looks like except it's seaweed. Have that- you ever eaten seaweed? Well, I'm sure when I've had sushi, I've had seaweed, yeah. Right, right. I mean, you know, you can get like seaweed as a side. You know, you're going to travel at some point and go to like, you know. Well, they're saying chocolate-covered seaweed is sold in Korea as a snack food, mm-hmm. okay? Dry, it's probably dried, right? Yeah, yeah and yeah, you can yeah. buy it in, you know, your sheets or, you know, right. get-go or whatever right, it is. Right. Twelve, chocolate-covered mushrooms. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that is in Toronto. Very nice. Okay, that's where that's uh, centered right now. Number 11, chocolate-covered bacon on a stick. Of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the ultimate combination. Right. This is not. Number 10, carrots. No, nah, I don't like Who carrots. Who wants to... You don't like carrots anyway. No, Putting no. chocolate on a carrot is a horrible idea. Right, right. Number nine, scorpions. Various <laughs> places all over the world, really? John, serve chocolate-covered scorpions as an odd snack. Yeah. One must either be adventurous or love the taste of chocolate to make this an item that they try. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number eight, edamame. Mm, no, pass on that. I don't think I want to no, mix no, that no, with chocolate. No, no. Number seven, pickles. Um, I don't think so. Because a pickle, you, I like a good pickle. I think you muddy it. They also put sprinkles on the outside. And I think sprinkles are overrated. Jimmy's. I think that's, yeah, that's yeah, way yeah. too much of a I thing. Do, I agree, yeah. Number six, potato chips. That is the greatest. Yeah, that'd it's be pretty perfect. good. It's yeah. perfect. Everybody should eat it all Fine. the time. Happy to have that. Chocolate-covered potato chips are absolutely mm-hmm. dreamy. Five, chocolate-covered crickets. Okay, sure. We've seen it. Yeah. Number four, broccoli. Yeah, I, I'd be happy to no do it. No sure. way. Fine. Get out of here. I like broccoli. No. Yeah. No, that's gross. Number three, Cheetos. Oh, that's weird. Okay, I try because I like Cheetos. Would you really? Oh, yeah, sure. Chocolate on top of cheese? Give it to me. Sure. Number two, chocolate. Well, it's not really cheese. It's Cheetos. Well, it's like okay, a potato it's like chip. cheese dust. Yeah, exactly. Kind of. Jalapenos. Oh, I'd really like to try that. That'd be good. Like jalapenos? Not at all. I had one yesterday. The number one unusual mm. chocolate-covered item for today yeah. is the chocolate-covered corn dog. Oh, that's horrific. That's horrible. I do not like Listen, a corn dog. I can't stand corn no, dogs. I, I think that's so it's just a horrible idea to start with. Too, yeah. And the fact that you'd do all that and then you'd slather it in chocolate. No thanks. It's a yeah, horrible that's, idea. That's really I'm going horrible. back to the lemons and the potato chips. I like that part yeah, of the list. I'll let you try the jalapenos. Yeah, give me that. Right, okay. Okay. Take a break, come back. We're gonna talk about uncomfortability. Stick around for that. To be uncomfortable <laughs> in church. Stick around. I mean, who you know isn't uncomfortable? Right? Everyone's uncomfortable.
For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. 101.5 WORD. God blesses everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for 2020? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. God bless us. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contests. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting WordFM to 91999. Hi, this is Kirk Kenotic from Accurate Solutions Group. Whether you're dreaming of a white Christmas, thinking about Rudolph, or just hanging around the Christmas tree, my team and I want to say thank you to everyone who helped make 2019 such a success. So from our family to yours, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. And as we turn the calendar to a new year, we would be honored to help you make 2020 the year that you make retirement planning your resolution. Give us a call today, 412-515-0005. We can help you create a retirement blueprint so you can find out if this is the year you can finally retire. 412-515-0005. That's 412-515-0005 or online at asgretire.com. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. This Christmas, put 36 holes in your golf lover's stocking for half the price with the Salem Half Price Golf Card. Get half off savings now while supplies last. Good for 18 holes at Pheasant Ridge and 18 more at Harmony Ridge with cart, just $53. Order now before they're gone at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com. So find some stockings and put a hole in one at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com. The greeting time on Sunday morning or Saturday night or Sunday night, depending on when you worship. Do all churches do a greeting time? I don't know. I'll tell you the reason, if they don't, why they don't. Because it makes so many people so uncomfortable. Here's the thing. You see it coming Mm -hmm. from me. I immediately tense. I tense, and then I think, okay, what do I got? Like, I'm running okay. through, like, show topics. Right. Trying <laughs> to figure out something mm-hmm. worthwhile to say mm-hmm. that's, you know, wise or comforting. Or I'm just, un- personally, I'm an uncomfortable person to begin with. And I think you are as well. I am. So layering that on, well, let me, makes let me, me give dread you, church in some way. So I've been, you know, involved in church music for many years, yeah. and so I get to watch it unfold. Oh, it is outstanding. I mean, you, you stand there talk, and watch it. Yeah, 
I know it is. It is absolutely uncomfortable. Oh. And I'll also give you a little window into what's going on up there at the front of the church that everybody who's involved in your worship team has chosen to do that because they don't <laughs> want to be involved in the greeting. Why don't they do this? Why don't they just like every week they choose one person to stand up? Give a quick wave, and you sit back down again. All right, well, ask Brett McCracken what he thinks about that. Brett's with us again, senior editor for the Gospel Coalition, the author of Hipster Christianity and Gray Matter. His new work is called Uncomfortable, the Awkward but Essential Challenge of Christian Community. Brett, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me back. Do you hate the greeting? Um, I do, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm an introvert, so I think for introverts especially, that is like the worst nightmare it's so horrible it is <laughs> okay but you're so it's not just the greeting obviously you've expanded your idea of things in the church that are just so awkward but you te- but you look at it in a way that okay it's awkward but it's still in the end essential right right and, and you know there's something in the church that's going to be uncomfortable for everyone but it's different for everyone so right. i think for for introverts like me, maybe it's the greeting time, but um, for people who, um, I don't know, are fidgety and can't sit still, maybe it's the um, preaching time where they're just listening to a sermon for 30 minutes. Uh, people who don't, who can't carry a tune, maybe it's the singing time. But yeah, I mean, the point that I'm trying to make in the book is that as uncomfortable as all of that is, and it is uncomfortable, uh, as awkward as it sometimes is, it's it's good to be to be a little awkward and to be a little uncomfortable. And if we're not, uh, if we're going to church and every every Sunday we're just kind of casually enjoying ourselves and there's no friction and there's no challenge to um, to our preferences or our tastes, then that maybe isn't a good thing. Right. So, I mean, Brett, yeah. I, I would argue that um, uncomfortability in many ways was baked into the DNA of the church. My guess is the disciples, yeah. the, the, the disciples or the apostles themselves, they were uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I often wonder, like, what the, the early disciples would think if they walked into your average kind of suburban mega church today, where they're greeted with a coupon for a free cappuccino. And they, you know, they just see this massive, beautiful building and there's, you know, they met in houses and they were, they were persecuted and most of them lost their lives in the early days. So, uh, you're right. Like on the uncomfortable, comfortability, I don't think, I don't know if that's a word, (laughs) uh, the, the awkwardness of Christianity, the challenge of it was true from the beginning. And I think we've maybe lost a little bit Mm -hmm. of that. Um, that DNA over the years, as, as especially in Western culture, American culture, Europe, where it's been such a part of the culture for so long. Uh, and when something becomes mainstream, invariably it becomes comfortable, and we, we kind of start taking it for granted, and we eventually, I think it tends to kind of mutate into this form that it never was meant to be. But then how do we reconcile what I think is a... I don't know, it's a compassionate response that people in the church have when they look at people who are outside the church and they say, okay, well, if this guy walks into our church, we don't want to put him off. You know, we don't want to make him uncomfortable. We want him to be comfortable in church with us. Is that the wrong approach? You know, no. And I think think that's the tension that we face with this conversation is we don't want to needlessly alienate people. And there's already enough challenges um, people face uh, these days. To, to coming to church and to making that first step. Um, so yeah, I don't think you want to go out of your way to make it um, 
awkward for them or uncomfortable, but I don't think the answer is like swinging to the other extreme of mm-hmm. making sure making sure you never do anything remotely uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, the preacher never says anything in his sermon that's the least bit challenging or offensive. I think that's the extreme where we've swung in a lot of kind of seeker-sensitive churches, uh, and it comes from a good impulse, like you say, to, to make sure people like seekers and those who are just kind of tiptoeing back into church aren't alienated. But the problem with, with that is you can easily, I think, dodge important topics and important aspects to what it means to follow Jesus that are never going to be comfortable, and they're never going to be seeker-friendly and consumer-friendly. Um, so, yeah, we have to find that balance, I think, of, of not um, unintentionally alienating people or going too far and being offensive, um, but also not avoiding things uh, that are just inherently um, challenging about following Jesus. Brett McCracken is with us. His brand new work is called Uncomfortable, the Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community. So, Brett, I'm glad you brought up that that, uh, that phrase, seeker-sensitive. So um, yeah. uh, define that for our audience, because I think, you know, we understand what traditional church is, right? Your neighborhood church. Mm-hmm. But there is something that's that's uh, maybe been around for a couple of decades, seeker-sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, I think that term kind of came into popular usage yeah, probably 20, 30 years ago. And it really, I think, came out of this movement to kind of look at church and evangelism almost the way a business looks at marketing a product um, and kind of talking in terms of who's our audience, how can we position uh, the product. And this, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's kind of bad to talk about Jesus as a product, but I think this is how a lot of churches think. You know, how can we position Jesus and the gospel in the most palatable way, just like a company would position their latest release of a product, um, how can we market it? And so that that's kind of what the seeker-sensitive movement tried to do, is just kind of harness the logic of the business world and marketing to um, to make sure that they were appealing, that, that the church and Christianity was appealing to um, the, the, the consumer. Right. And so, I think there's all sorts of... Yeah, there's there's understandable aspects to that, but I think there's a lot of problems with it. And I wrote the book, Uncomfortable, kind of to challenge that that thinking of, of kind of positioning Christianity like you would position right, a product you're selling. If you're selling a product, then you're stripping away all the different aspects of it that make it uncomfortable because you want to make it sort of um, shiny and bright yeah. and tenable for a mass audience. Yeah, and, and you, I mean, you would be a bad business person if you... Uh, if you kind of put a spotlight on the the challenging aspects of your product, uh, right. the the logic of consumerism is you focus on you know what is going to make the consumer's life easier and more convenient and more comfortable. And I think it's just dangerous when we try to do that with Christianity, where we we kind of focus on right. the your the best life now aspect of Christianity, right. which right. you know is is a true aspect of following Jesus. There, following Jesus does come with a lot of great things. It's it's a it's a path to, to flourishing, Christians believe. But there's also that whole, you know, pesky take up your cross and follow right. me. Yeah. Yeah. You I can't quite get away from yourself. that. Or you've lost the whole thing. Yeah, get away from it. Right. Exactly. We're talking to Brett McCracken. Uh, his brand new book is called Uncomfortable, The Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community. Um, 
we've had this conversation repeatedly on our show, especially in the last year, because a lot of our listeners who we interact with on social, um, Brent, don't go to church. And so they yeah. say, you know, we don't really need to go to church. Um, we listen to you guys. And then, of course, John and I say, do, n- do this is, do we are yes. not, right. we are not right. your church. Um, and but you know either is Joel Osteen your church or whoever it is that you're you know Adrian Rogers whoever you're right. watching on TV that that's not your church either and I of course if you right. are shut in if you have medical issues and you're not able to go out it's a whole different ball game but if you are able right. to go out and are still choosing not to do you think a lot of it is just because of the awkward uncomfortable nature of just you know being out in a room with a bunch of people. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's always going to be easier and more convenient and more comfortable to just sit at home and, and, you know, watch something on your phone or listen to a sermon on a podcast. Like, that's always going to be the easier choice. But it's not the biblical choice. And I don't think Jesus wants Christians to be isolated from community. You know, yeah. he, he, set up, he set up community with his own disciples. Like, right. he, he wanted them to kind of lean into this kind of fellowship community idea he didn't come to create this individualistic experience, which we've kind of turned it into. And I think the internet and kind of the smartphone era has really amplified this tendency because we all kind of think in terms of uh, convenience. Like there's an app for that, right? <laughs> there's an mm-hmm. app for everything. Right. So our default kind of posture towards the world in the digital age is increasingly that of what's the path of least resistance, what's right. the easiest. Instead of going to the mall at Christmas time, I'm going to order on Amazon because, because I can, right? Because it's easier that way. And so that logic is applied to how people view spirituality. Instead of driving, you know, 10 minutes or however far to go to a church and dealing with that whole rigmarole on a Sunday morning, I'm just going to sit at home with my coffee and listen to a, a church podcast or watch some someone on YouTube. And I guess that's better than nothing, maybe, but, but it's not the ideal. And um, it's not I, I want to tell those, it's not community. And the point I really want to emphasize, and, and really what I want to emphasize in the book is that you're better off by, by choosing the uncomfortable path. Like you are going to grow more in the long run if you get get out of your comfort zone and actually step into that discomfort of the local church. And mm-hmm. in the short term, in the short term, sure, it's going to be hard and you might be discouraged at times, but you are going to grow so much faster and, and more. Um, there's more potential for you to grow in that uncomfortable space of community than if you're just kind of by yourself yeah. watching yeah. videos on YouTube. That's really good. There That's he goes. Great. That's Brett McCracken, Senior Editor of the Gospel Coalition, the author of Hipster Christianity and Gray Matter, but the newest work we're talking about, Uncomfortable, The Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community. I mean, it's very difficult, right? I mean, I appreciate what Brett's saying. Church it's is hard. That. Church is hard. Yeah, but it's not that bad. As we enter this holiday season, we've stopped to reflect on what we're grateful for. This is Greg Trzynski, and at the Original Mattress Factory, we're grateful for you, our loyal customers. With your support, more than half of our business comes from repeat customers and referrals. And we have been hometown made for nearly 30 years. So thank you. We look forward to building new relationships and providing the high quality and great value that you've come to expect from the Original Mattress Factory. We wish you and your family a happy and healthy holiday season and a wonderful new year. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we want to know, is it better to give or to receive? 
This holiday season, one local winner won't have to choose. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set to a local winner and providing another set to be donated to a nearby charity. Visit any original Mattress Factory location by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. We wish you and your family a holiday season that's filled with cheer and goodwill. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to Save the Children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. You can give online at SaveChildrenToday.org. Hey, this is Laura Story. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular week-long Alaska cruise? After you prepare your heart with worship led by Michael O'Brien and myself, Alistair Begg will be sharing from God's Word, and together we will renew our vision, purpose, and connection with Christ. We'll let Scripture steer our hearts as we explore God's eternal truths together. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th, through September 6, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. This Christmas, put 36 holes in your golf lover's stocking for half the price with the Salem Half Price Golf Card. Get half off savings now while supplies last. Good for 18 holes at Pheasant Ridge and 18 more at Harmony Ridge with cart, just $53. Order now before they're gone at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com. So find some stockings and put a hole in one at pittsburgh.discountshoppingclub.com. Hey, if you're looking for good news, I have some for you. Last Saturday, December 7th, Gary Sinise, you're probably familiar with him if you watch uh, CSI New York, or you, of course, Forrest Gump was his most popular role, right? Um, He took 1,700 family members of fallen U.S. heroes to Orlando for a five-day all-expenses-paid trip to Disney World. That is so cool. It's a lot of people. It sure is. It's part of the Gary Sinise Foundation Snowball Express Initiative, which began in 06 when a fallen soldier had written a letter wishing he and his family got the chance to go to Disneyland. Like that, the event was born, and it looks like Christmas has come early for these families. So Gary Sinise tweeted out over the weekend. Um, he said, today begins our Gary Sinise Foundation Snowball Express number 14. He's been doing this a long time. That's cool. Over 1,000 Gold Star children traveling with a surviving parent or guardian, 1,750 people in all. Um, they're going free on American Airlines to Disney World as part of the Snowball Express How program. fabulous. So if you go to Gary Sinise online, Gary Sinise Foundation, he says um, at the very first, first page, we serve our nation by honoring our defenders, mm-hmm. veterans, first responders, their families, and those in need. And, you know, the mission is just so clean. It is. And he's done it for so long and been so consistent about it. Yep. 
There's just something about that that really resonated within Gary Sinise's life. And you think about how many young boys and girls, right, their dads or moms were killed in the war or first responding. Mm -hmm. What a great little treat for them. And Fabulous. It, you know, there are videos that he has up on his Twitter page as well of him standing at the front of the airplane and welcoming the kids in. And he's just like, and I don't mean to overstate this because, of course, if you've lost your dad um, in battle, then I'm not saying Gary Sinise is going to take his place. Sure. But he's a fatherly type figure. And to just see him with the kids is really wonderful. And you think, yeah, Gary Sinise is loaded. He's got a ton of money. But you know what? He could be buying more houses for himself in Malibu. Sure. And he's choosing not to. Yeah. Every time you see that, you have to talk about it and say, you know what? This is the way people should be. Right. I mean, of course, you don't know what Gary Sinise's walk is. But you see that selflessness, that Christ-likeness mm -hmm. in him. And the people that he's put around the Gary Sinise Foundation, you think, go, brother. And that is such a great it's thing. It's got to feel so good to not be forgotten. Mm -hmm. Take a break. Come back. Reset for the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about uh, the Boston Tea Party and protests. Stick around for that. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The White House is criticizing House Democrats for their 650-page impeachment report which claims President Trump betrayed the nation and should be impeached. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham tweets that the release of the impeachment report in the middle of the night underscored that the Democrat-led impeachment effort was a partisan sham. She also dismisses Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer's statement, hoping that fairness will prevail as a laughable quote. On Wednesday, the House most likely will vote to impeach President Trump on charges of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. However, he's expected to be acquitted in a Senate trial. Greg Clugston, the White House. Tornadoes strike in Louisiana, killing one, and winter weather hits Missouri as a powerful storm sweeps across the nation. On Wall Street, the drop by 100 points, the Nasdaq rose 79. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you this holiday season. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free, plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code WORD. The holidays should be the best of times, but it feels impossible with this credit card debt. I know Christmas isn't about the stuff we buy, but it's terrible to not have the freedom to take care of the ones I love. I can't do anything 
thing this year because I overdid it last year. All I want to do is be able to relax and enjoy the holidays and not worry about credit card debt. You might be having these thoughts right now. There is hope. Right now, certified counselors at Trinity Debt Management are standing by and waiting for your call so you don't feel this way next Christmas. One call and you can get started to financial freedom. Find hope to live your life and the holidays out from under the weight of credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your account into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges. Reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your credit card debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-990-5496. 1-800-990-5496. 800-990-5496. When you're diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, a lot of questions run through your mind. What am I going to do? What are my options? What did I do wrong? We've had those thoughts, too. But some questions can help you move forward. Visit findyourmbcvoice.com for an interactive guide to help you learn the next steps to take after an MBC diagnosis. And how to ask the questions that lead to an open and informed conversation with your doctor. Start finding your voice today at findyourmbcvoice.com. Salem has a great reputation throughout the whole country. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. Now I can really show the clients how their business can grow because now we have something that can really measure it. Plus, we have a great team. It's a nice place to work. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at salemsurround.com careers. Winter weather advisory in effect from 4 p.m. this afternoon to 11 a.m. Tuesday. Cloudy and not as cold this afternoon with a little late rain, high 38. Occasional rain for tonight, low 32. Cloudy tomorrow with a passing shower in the morning, followed by a few flurries in the afternoon with a high of 36. Cloudy for Wednesday and increasingly windy with a few snow showers, high 26. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Cheryl Golden. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. Monday feels like a holiday Monday. I like it a lot. All right. I'm happy for a holiday Monday. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like... We've got this long stretch in front of us. It feels like there's all this grace around us. Okay, well, I'm going to just wreck it all. (laughs) No, please don't say that. All right, so Netflix is under fire Mm. uh, this holiday season for depicting Jesus as gay in a brand new Christmas movie. This is a Brazilian comedy streaming on Netflix that uh, depicts Jesus as closeted and gay and is drawing fire from, quote, seriously offended Christians. I'm reading from the New York Post. Uh, the film is called The First Temptation of Christ, and um, it's ridiculous. I, mean, I haven't watched it. I'm not, you know, I can't comment on it. But like, what it. I'm reading about it, the storyline is ridiculous. Okay, now here's the thing. Everybody does this all the time, right? You hear I haven't about seen something. it, but I'm so horrified exactly. that I have to sign a petition exactly. and drop my Netflix subscription. Uh, on its face value? It sounds horrific. It really—it's not just horrific. It just sounds stupid. Right. I've not seen it. I'm not going to see it. 
I'm just going to let it go. Okay. Because right? there's I'm a million and one well. things on right. Netflix that I'm going to look at. Exactly. Instead. But probably not this. Right. Now, nearly 1.8 million people have not been able to let it go, John. Mm-hmm. And they have signed a change.org petition Great. demanding the removal of the video, as well as a public retraction from the streaming service for, quote, the crime of villainous faith. Okay. Now, that's stupid as well. Whatever. Is that, what do you think of that response? Uh, you're going to fight your wars here? This is, this is going to draw you closer to the Lord? This is going to be something of significance in your life? Let it go. Seriously. I know. I, know. I just, I, I get that this is offensive, obviously. Of course. But a ton of things are offensive. The and world is offensive. The world is offensive. And a lot of things I have done in the name of Jesus are also offensive. I've seen it. All I'm saying is if we're going to boycott everything we're not going to have any space left for anything else i just i wonder if our ire is better reserved for the kinds of missteps we have seen inside the church in the last 12 months than picking on people who are making movies who are outside the church that are just patently ridiculous well you know kath i mean as a believer you do feel whether it's right or wrong as though you're under siege is that true? Yes. Right? That we as believers, the, the tide has turned so quickly. Culture is so backwards now that what's once used to be odd or immoral is now being celebrated. And what used to be holy and good is being sort of looked at as hate-filled and bigoted. Okay, but this is nothing new. I know we're talking about the changing culture and that people are saying this is the worst it's ever been. I don't buy that. I truly don't buy that. I think if you're a Christian in different parts of the world right now, it's obviously way worse, um, way more difficult for them than it is for us. I don't know. I'm not – I guess maybe I'm just throwing up my hands a little bit and saying, look, the culture has decided what they want to do. I can't save the culture. I try to be the voice that I can be. I'm happy that you and I have this platform. We have so many listeners. We have a, you know, a vibrant base of people that connect with us on social media. I, I just, I can't, I can't save the country. It's not my job to save the country. It's not your job to save the country. And 1.8 million people signing a petition about some stupid Netflix movie. I just think, I think our efforts would be better used somewhere else. All right. So then what about this? Uh, over the weekend, there was the whole brouhaha over Hallmark. Right, the Hallmark Channel apparently was running advertisements for a um, a gay wedding planning organization, and there was a group that uh, uh, what was it called the Amer- um, the Moms Group. It was one. It's called One Million Moms. One Million Moms, and so then the One Million Moms apparently I, they are believers. One Million Moms. I, I mean, it's it seems like they're believers. To be honest with you, I never heard of them until today, um, but. One Million Moms is a, is an advocacy organization that if you feel like your kids are being targeted by entertainment media, um, that you can sign up for this and you can be a part of a whole number of boycott campaigns, letter writing campaigns, whatever it is. So if you go on their website, they've shown their successes in the past, right. supposedly, whatever, however they define success. So they saw this... <sighs> The Hallmark thing. They all so saw the Hallmark they thing. They saw the Hallmark Women ad. Women kissing at a right. wedding, and then they wrote a letter, and Hallmark said, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, you're right. We're going to pull those ads. And then they got way more letters from the gay lobby. Right. Way more vocal protest, way more social media interaction from the gay lobby, and then Hallmark said- Well, you know what? We thought better about this, and uh, we uh, are just going to move forward and allow these ads to continue. So our bad, we apologize to LGBTQ everywhere, and so- Let's just let's just go on from there. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. So again, there it is again. 
you pick your hill to to battle on, to die on. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? I mean, look, uh, what today is the anniversary of, of the, the Boston Tea Party. Okay. Right. So there's a battle. 1773, December 16th, uh, the first significant act of defiance by American colonists, which would ultimately lead to the start of the Revolutionary War. Okay. So a bunch of people got together and said, we're not going to get pushed around anymore. Mm, this isn't we, fair. Right. We Taxation without tax, representation. And we're going to make a point here. We're going to protest. So in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. these band of men came together. They threw a lot of tea overboard into the Boston Harbor. They made their point. It inflamed the royalty, the monarchy. Word got back. And then people were clamped down upon. And they sacrificed something that they loved. Tea. Right. So tea was important. Um, tea precious. was Im- precious. It was something that was a part of society. It was something that was part of their diet. It was something that they really enjoyed. It was a, it was a, a way to mark out the day. So when they threw that tea over, it was a big deal because not only were they saying that taxation without representation isn't fair, they were saying we're actually willing to give something up because we believe it that much. That's what I find so dissatisfying about every protest you see now, is that the only thing you're giving up is the 10 seconds it, write, it takes to write your tweet. Now, wait, though. Like, There's a lot of people, and this is not you and I, uh, I don't watch the Hallmark Channel. I don't either. I've never, bless, I have never seen the Hallmark Channel, not a single time. To be time. honest, I just go buy it. You know, But I know a lot of people love the Hallmark Channel because they see it as you know quality. They see it as, um, what? There's just something that's vibrant about it. Some people... It maybe they think of it as like a safe space or a comforting presence. I would say, dare say it's the equivalent of Chick Fil A in many ways. How is that, that similar? Well, that you know, they're us. They have the same values as us, uh, and so because you know, I know the Chick Fil A does oh, or did or whatever you want to say about that. Now that that whole other story that the Hallmark Channel is us as well. They raise up the family. Right. They're decent. They're good people. They're kind. They're loving. I see faith values in them. Now, Chick-fil-A has sold us, I say this in a broad term, sold us out, those who like tradition, those who like the family values. Now now the Hallmark Channel has acquiesced to the culture, and all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. we're going to allow, you know... uh, Okay, I mean, I get that. I get that that's important to some people. I'm just saying, I don't... So, what are the... So, if they're going to protest, what are they... I mean, they're giving up their Hallmark Channel? Yes. I mean, it doesn't... No, they are. Well, for a lot of people, though, that's that's Christmas. Okay. Right? I mean, that's uh, people, I, be, I bet you there's a percentage of people who probably never leave the Hallmark Channel. Who, you know, Whenever they turn the TV set on, that's their go-to okay. place. All right. But it's still, to me, not the same level. Of course not. As the Boston Tea there's Party. There's not a I mean, it's, Right. And I just, I, I find, I don't know, I find our current mode of expressing our opinion all the time tiring. Well, what, like, what else so do you, you do? I'm not. When you, I don't know what you do. I think I'm just tired of everybody being offended all the time. So the, the LGBTQ community is all mad because they decided to withdraw the commercial. So they have to be louder. But then there were the, all the people that were mad at first, which caused them to withdraw. The, everybody's just. I got to make my point. I have to stand here. This has to be my space. I have to be free and safe in it, and I have to be able to not, you know, be subjected to your damaging views. I just think. You know, lighten up and realize that everybody's different than you. And if you don't want to watch that channel, don't watch it. Well, yeah, sure. Would it be that way? But for this new age that we live in, you're either for us or you're against us. And that's both sides. Yeah. Well, we, you know what? Right? Isn't that true? Okay. Well, then I want to challenge anyone who's listening to not look at the world that way. 
but that's how it is. But we're not going to look at the world that way. There's a bigger world out there, and it's not just about us and them. Well, I'm with you on this, but you know the fact of the matter is, whether it's Democrat, Republican, straight, gay, um, family values, or free love, it's always us against them. That's where we are in the 21st century. We'll take a break. Come back. Uh, Vince Burens is with us in a little bit uh, from the CCO. Wait, uh, Vince got a little held up. Did he get held, yeah. held up? That's okay, too bad. so he's stuck in traffic. So that means I'm going to have to talk about college ministry. Well, or how to love a college we student. We are kids in college. Uh, listen, if I foot in the bills here. I guess if I don't know how to love a college student, I'm doing a bad job. I would think so. Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. Vince Burens is with us on the no, couch. No, he's not. He's coming though. Okay, I'll be right. there shortly. Okay. Hey, we all know Medicare is confusing, but Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial, they know you've got questions about your health care and they've got the answers you're looking for. So listen, before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Listen, do you hold Pat for another year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms? What premiums are going up next year? How much are they going up? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan? Should you drop it? Listen, don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital, any doctor you want, a plan that's focused not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. So why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Give them a call, 724-884-1496. That's Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com. 101.5 WORD. Gather around because it is present time. It's that gift-giving time of the year, and we're giving one that will keep on giving all year long. We could be paying your rent or mortgage for all of 2020 if you're the winner of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You want to come up in an early Christmas present? You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contest. I have never had a female dentist. I started to have problems with a tooth and I thought, you know what? I'll just go once. David remembers his first visit with Dr. Megan Stock. I I had such a good time that I'm surprised they allowed me to come back because I had a lot of things that needed to be fixed. She makes you feel so calm and so comfortable. She's just terrific at what she does. I have had no discomfort at all with anything that she's done. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we want to know, is it better to give or to receive? This holiday season, one local winner won't have to choose. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set to a local winner and providing another set to be donated to a nearby charity. Visit any original mattress factory location by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. We wish you and your family a holiday season that's filled with cheer and goodwill. During the reign of Tsar Nicholas I, a young soldier who was responsible to pay the troops their salaries gambled away a great deal of the government's money. 
When he realized he was about to be found out, he determined to confess and then take his own life. For as he said himself, a great debt, who can pay? Well, he didn't die because the situation came to the czar's attention and being moved to have mercy, the czar paid the debt for him. You know, you and I are debtors as well, and that's why Jesus Christ came to this earth at Christmas time to begin the process that would take away our debt of sin and make it possible for us to spend eternity with God in heaven. I can't think of a happier way to celebrate Christmas than to accept the gift of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Won't you ask Him to come into your life today? This is David Jeremiah wishing you a blessed and Merry Christmas from all of us at Turning Point. Experience from the CCO will be with us in just a little bit. Hey, uh, today is the anniversary, the 75th anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge. Now, do you remember back to um, high school history class? You yeah. Heard, right? December 16, 1944, more than 200,000 German troops launched a surprise attack on the Allied troops in Belgium, in Belgium, the deeply forested area of World War II's Western Front, Belgium, Luxembourg, northeastern France. When that day began, and what is now seen as the uh, uh, last uh, attempt of Hitler to turn the tide in his favor. Yeah, because he was being squeezed on the eastern side by the Soviets. Right. So it will become the Battle of the Bulge, in which more U.S. troops fought than any other battle in the European theater. Um, Listen, it's an amazing story. And, you know, as I remember it, and I'm not a, I'm not a World War II historian by any stretch, so you can feel free to correct me by email or even give Mike a call, but it was about fuel. Yes. The Germans were running out of fuel. Supply lines. Right. So they had the tanks. They had the superiority there, as I remember, but they did not have the fuel to keep them going. Nothing to run it. Right. And so they were trying to get to Antwerp um, so that they could get so they could get a clear supply line. Right. But uh, even though it started out as a disaster, the Germans surprised the Americans, and they split mm-hmm. the American forces in two. Lots of cloud cover. The Germans barraged. Just incredible. And they uh, were incredibly cruel to yes, the Yes, they were. Anti-aircraft tanks. Yeah, and I mean, it was just a, a mess. And a lot of Americans died in, in the, the Battle of the Bulge that went on from today until mid-January. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine that type of sustained battle? My, we had a neighbor. Um, we had a neighbor who had really bad feet, and my dad used to say about him, because he knew him, they were, they were buddies, that his feet were uh, the direct result of being frozen during the Battle oh of the Bulge. So, you know, horrific conditions, heavy-duty snow, lots of ice, super cold, a lot of guys froze to death, a lot of guys, you know, well, just World War II. But it was the exclamation point, the beginning mm-hmm. of the end, truly, of World War II. So that, is he the only person you knew who fought in the Battle of the Bulge? Yes. Because I've only known one person in really? my life. Yeah. And you think about hundreds of thousands know, of men. I know. Really. And I remember the first time I met this man, my husband said, you know what? He fought in the Battle of the Bulge, cool. which basically meant, you know what? Yeah. This guy has earned your respect forever. Heck yeah, it was. Yeah, it really was. So today we want to commemorate that day. You think about uh, what goes on in our political cycle today yep. and the great sacrifice that that generation gave mm-hmm. that we could be here and just complain about a lot of things. Yeah, and you know, for all the complaints we do about fossil fuels, I saw an incredible stat today. What's that? That in 1944, when this happened, the U.S. produced two-thirds of the world's oil. Whoa. Today? We produce an eighth. Wow. No kidding. Well, that's fascinating. 
Okay, we'll take a break. The Battle of the Bulge. Uh, Vince Burens, he's the president of the CCO, the Coalition for Christian Outreach. We're going to talk about what it is to be a young believer in Christ. And how protest looks today. Yes, stick around for that. Every day across western Pennsylvania, tough breaks happen to honest folks. Layoffs happen to single parents. Evictions happen to families with babies. And empty bank accounts happen to hungry people. But thankfully, every day in our community, good people happen to bad things. Your sustaining monthly gift of just $25 doubles the Salvation Army's ability to assist our neighbors battling poverty and help them win. Join the fight for good by texting Word FM to 91999. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Marcia from the Springhouse, and we really do wish you a Merry Christmas. And to keep your Christmas season merry, I suggest you give the Springhouse a call to take care of all your homemade goodies. We do beautiful Christmas cookie trays featuring family recipe orange drop cookies, lady locks, cherry cheesecake cups, pecan tassies, and lots more. Our fresh fruit trays and smoked salmon trays kick off a celebration beautifully. Our Heath Bar Cheesecake or Filled Chocolate Log finish it off nicely. And for the in-between, how about our own hickory smoked hams or fresh turkeys or capons? Mmm, good old-fashioned eating. Are you hungry yet? Give us a call, 724-228-3339 at the Springhouse in 84PA. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And then give us a call and place your order today. Merry Christmas from all of us to all of you. Rich Engler presents Christmas with Michael W. Smith. The most wonderful time of the year. And Mark Martell. It's Christmas with Michael W. Smith and his band. 7 p.m. December 19th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Tickets available at itickets.com or call 800-965-9324. Welcomed by Word FM. This is former Pirates manager Clint Hurdle for my friends at Urban Impact. What a privilege to work with an organization that truly understands that everyone matters. This year alone, their athletics, performing arts, education, and options programs have reached over 2,300 Northside kids and served over 42,000 meals. And thanks to an incredible $300,000 matching grant, your year-end gift can have twice the impact. So make a difference today. Donate now at uifpgh.org slash match. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. Winter weather advisory in effect from 4 p.m. this afternoon to 11 a.m. Tuesday. Cloudy and not as cold this afternoon with a little late rain, high 38. Occasional rain for tonight, low 32. Cloudy tomorrow with a passing shower in the morning, followed by a few flurries in the afternoon with a high of 36. Cloudy for Wednesday and increasingly windy with a few snow showers, high 26. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Cheryl Golden. 
Experience is with us. Vince is the president and the CEO of the Coalition for Christian Outreach. Vince has worked for the CCO for 18 years in different capacities. He lives with his wife and his kids here in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, we were at uh, an event. We were at the Benedum for the Gettys the other night. Yeah. We, we crawled sat, out in the dark. We literally sat directly behind them. Which was really... It was really great. Yeah. And, nope. and John looked so good in his scarf. My, uh, <laughs> my wife could not believe how why, uh, dashy Why didn't... No, but she didn't say, like, my scarf. Uh, I had I a wrap. I'm I kidding. Did, I didn't push you didn't the recognize. I apologize. See, here's the deal. So Kath was wearing, like, this, you know, poncho mm-hmm. uh, thing. And it was... I mean, poncho is kind of like a 1970s way of describing <laughs> well, it, but that's okay. I don't know well, what the proper poncho. fashion yeah. term is. I don't know that you want to say to a woman she's wearing a poncho. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, it's like... <laughs> Unless it's raining it's, outside. It's like macrame. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. she was wearing a poncho. I didn't I, weave it. I have no comment. What would okay. you call it, Kath? I would call it a, a throw. A throw. A wrap. A wrap. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a sort of a a catch-all. Anyway, you were wearing a Christmas poncho. I was. (laughs) And I thought, well, I better put a scarf on. Wow. Just so I kind of have some sort of semblance. Otherwise, I don't want to disappear. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, he's always afraid of me sucking all the air out of the room. I can can see that. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. You you both did a great job. Very nice. Thank you. And Ricky Skaggs was amazing. Oh, fabulous. Wasn't he? Absolutely amazing. I feel like his contribution to the evening was a little greater than ours. I I just completely (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) His expertise. it It was... John and Kathy, Ricky Skaggs, and then the Then Gettys. The Gettys, yeah. yeah. Was incredible. And the massive <laughs> then the, choir. Then the and Irish the children. Yeah. The 250 people yeah. singing. It was amazing. And the guy with the flute. Anyway, yeah. it's good to see you and a surprise. Yeah, good to see you all Thank as well. Thank you. So before you came in at the start of our hour, we were talking about this day in history, the Boston Tea Party. Yes. Right? And as someone who loves tea, that's a big sacrifice. It's a big yeah. day. I mean, yeah. that, like, I, I know that that sounds goofy, but I think, wow, they must... <laughs> If they were going to throw all their tea overboard because they were so hacked off and about taxation without representation, they really sacrificed something. They be- did. Because that was a major part of their diet, of their schedule, of yeah. their you know, life arrangement. It was arrangement. luxury. It was everything. Right. And now when we get mad about something like the Hallmark Channel's you know, advertising, yes. whatever, we're going to spend 10 seconds and put out a Facebook post and then we feel like, wow, we're, right. we're really offended and we've done our job. Yeah. We signed the petition. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys mentioned that because I was a little late today, which I apologize for. But the main reason why is because I'm circulating this petition around Netflix. I don't know if you've heard about it. Oh, what? really? Going all over his Stop. Where Where you? Are <laughs> Canvassing. Yeah, it's important. Mm-hmm. You stop yeah. that. Yeah. Sure. No, obviously I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, I, I, we live in a culture and, you know, I heard earlier that you were, you know, saying that we work on a college, we work on college campuses, which obviously we do. And we live in a culture now where um, offense is capital, right? Mm-hmm. Offense mm-hmm. is capital. And so if I'm not offended buy something. You're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. You're not building capital. You're not engaged. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying on college campuses, there is worth and value to how offended you are? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't say all and every. I think we have to be careful. You know, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm saying every campus, this is the way it works. But there is more and more of a culture on campus where uh, the more you can be offended, the more capital and social status you have and the more opportunity for power you have, right? That's interesting. Um, so, and I, and I think, as which I think you all were alluding to earlier, and I was just joking about with the Netflix mm-hmm. thing, um, is that as Christians, we need to think of a third way. So we can't um, want to always be the cultural warriors. You know, I, I heard Kathy earlier talking about, you know, we, we live in Babylon, to use a biblical metaphor, right? right. We, we, this we, is what it we is. We live in a culture that isn't ours. So to rage against that culture and to be surprised when it doesn't act Christianly um, is 
can be somewhat foolish, right? Yes. Because it's not a Christian it's a culture. It's a waste of energy. So, so what does it look like for us to live faithfully and engage the culture, but also not be um, completely kind of usurped by it and just reflect it? Right. I mean, because when you see whether it's Hallmark or Chick-fil-A or Netflix or whatever, I mean, you just want to be run over by the culture and go, right. no mas. Well, I mean, right. I get that. And I don't. If we followed Jesus' prescription for living, mm-hmm. it, no matter who, what people group or what part of the globe or what part of history or whatever, we would have a just society. Sure. We would because that's how, you know, Jesus is the author of the universe. And so if we follow him, we end up doing what is right for the flourishing of everybody. That's right. So I get that. And so when we see people or agencies or whatever who are responding in a way that is antithetical to Jesus' teachings, I understand why we want to push back on that. So mm-hmm. I don't want to devalue any cultural engagement or any type of, you know, being offended on behalf of Jesus. Or I, I, I don't want to devalue that. I guess I just want to say that we tend to make it everything. Hmm. And I feel like Jesus can defend himself. But at the same time, then, do you want to be uh, Bruderhof or do you want to live in a closed Christian community? (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't want to live in a closed Christian community. I think what I'm looking for is what Vince is talking about, which is the third way. I don't want to overreact to what sounds like a really stupid Netflix movie for Christmas about Jesus being gay. Okay. I'm not, I don't want to spend whatever energies I have doing, organizing a petition for that. Thinking, acting, right. worrying about I, that. I also, as much as I love my friends in the Bruderhof and I've visited there multiple times and I love those guys that I don't think that's for me either, but I think that there has to be another option where I can steward my own energy and my own capital mm-hmm. to leverage in ways that I think can matter without being like Vegas about it. Okay, yeah. You so, know, so, like but, all, all you know, blinking lights. But sure. here we are, you know, middle-aged people, and we've got kids who are 18, 19, 20, you know, whatever years of age. They're about to enter into this new platform, a new world that is different than the world that you and I grew up in. Sure. And is it bad, Vince, that I, am, did I give up too easily? No, I don't think you've given up too easily. I, I, one of the things I reflect on in a conversation like this is a book that I read many years ago by Oz Guinness called The Call. Mm-hmm. Where he talks about specific yes, and exactly, general Exactly, right. And, so, and he goes, uh, the, he and Tim Keller also uses this too, is when he talks about Christian calling as he says, look up, look in, look out. Mm-hmm. So look up. If you want to know what you're called to do, first and foremost, you need to know the one who's calling. Right, which is the God of the universe. Uh, but then the next one is looking in. So it's looking at 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and saying, okay, we're part of the body of Christ. We've all been created uniquely um, for a purpose and for a reason. And then we need to figure out how to function in that. And part of that is looking out, understanding the needs of the world, James 2, right? And going and trying to meet those unique and specific needs that we've been exposed to. So I, I think to your point, Kathy, the way that I think about it is, is God's created us each uniquely. You know, that's not just a nice bedtime story we tell our kids. That's actually a biblical concept. Right. So if that's true and he's given us unique, unique abilities and passions and cares, and he's exposed us to unique things, then how do I live into that well, but actually do something? And I think the point that you're making earlier, just posting something on Facebook, that's not implicitly inherently bad, um, but it's not necessarily doing something per se. So how do I, if I uh, need to care for the poor or uh, I'm an accountant or whatever it might be, how do I live into that calling in such a way that says God's created me uniquely with specific gifts and abilities. Now, how do I go and do something with that to his glory. In my mind, that's Mm -hmm. more of a third way because it's not just raging against the culture all the time. Um, It's not looking to be, um, 
you know, uh, there are real victims in this world and there are people that are that are um, sort of playing out the victim thing very differently just so they can have some capital. Right. And so that actually um, devalues people who are true victims. In our right. World, right. Right. And so and outrage yeah. all the time devalues outrage That's when right. it counts. That's right. Because it's always the boy who cried wolf, right? Because whenever we're we're outraged about something that really doesn't deserve our outrage, and then something else happens, it's like, no, that's actually really bad. We need to pay mm-hmm. attention to that. Mm-hmm. That People really is outrageous. Yeah, we've we've lost our perspective. We lose our balance. So that's why I think to to as as my pastor would say in talking about these conversations, how do we keep it in the room? So in other yeah. words, it's not just them. How do how do we do yeah. it? Right. Um, one of the ways that I think about it, I do it is I say, okay, God's exposed me to unique things in life. He's given me a particular family and school experience and friends and community. And so how do I, as opposed to um, raging on social media or doing those things that are way out there, how do I engage the thing that God put right in front of me and try to love my neighbors as myself, right? Um, those are the questions I ask. Mm-hmm. I know it's still a little ethereal, but... I, but it's I, different. Yeah, it is different. It is different. But and, are, so is then this day and age that we live in, is this the new normal? And the following of Christ, of course, is has always been, well, the reactionary, the revolutionary way to act. But from now on forward... This is how we have to be. Yeah, that that we're put upon. Uh, yeah, are we put upon? Yeah. Oh gosh, that's a good question. I, I mean, I I think that what strikes me when I read the scriptures, both Old and New Testament, is God's way is almost always countercultural, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so what's interesting is in a in a culture of outrage, what is a what's a countercultural movement to outrage? Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's balance. Right. It, it's a reasonable conversation. It's when Republicans and Democrats can't agree. It's finding a way to acknowledge the right on both sides. Right. Yes. It, what is yes. true on both sides and acknowledging those things um, when certain people uh, across races or ethnicities or genders or whatever it might be can't agree. Um, it's finding a way to say, well, what is right and true, godly true, not just empathy, but really what is right and true about what you're both saying, and can we agree with that? I mean, one thing that I always try to encourage our staff in is they say, look, we're going on to campuses where there's tensions around human sexuality and race and a variety of other things. How do we engage it? Yeah. And the first thing that I always say to them is find things that you can agree on first, mm, yeah. right? So if I don't know you, and the first way that I engage you is to talk about the, the most challenging thing we could possibly talk about, boy, that's a pretty hard place to start. It sure is. Um, as opposed to saying like, hey, John, what kind of ice cream do you like? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's not even that surfacey, but what do you love? Mm-hmm. What 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 have you engaged in life? What's your background like? What are your what were your mom and father like? What you know, if you start asking those kind of questions and you get to the heart of who people are and then we stop dehumanizing people, which is what I think starts happening. You don't just become a right. collection of your passions and outrage. Them. Yeah, them. You actually become a human that though I may disagree with, I can find a way to engage in love like Christ loves. Yeah, and me. you know what I That's think good. we're missing right now in today's American culture is we don't have an investment in community stuff, which brings us into partnership with other people who are different than us. I think we've become so fragmented um, that we tend to be in our, you know, Christian cul-de-sac, as you say, John. Right. We've got a friend who talks about living on his Christian cul-de-sac and having an Odules at the end of the wow. circle. Right. That's, that's like his, uh, that's his nightmare. That's an attractive scene. <laughs> that's his right. nightmare in the future. But I think back to my friends that I've had over the years who have not been believers. And the way I met them is we were doing common community things. Mm-hmm. 
we were singing in a choir together yeah. or we were serving at a food bank together. And we didn't go into those organizations because we had the same religious beliefs or the same worldviews. We went into them because we were doing another thing. Yeah. But then we were together regularly and we were able to talk and we got to know each other. And so then when you realize that your political viewpoint or your faith viewpoint is different, you already have a commonality. Mm-hmm. You can talk about that. It's not mm-hmm. going to wreck the whole thing. It's not going to ruin the alto section if you don't agree with somebody on politics. Sure. But what if someone, you know, you're with someone and they go, well, you're a believer. Oh, well, then you must be anti-LGBTQ. I'm sure people you're say that all the time. Bigot. I've had people yeah. say that to me before. It's a heart. All you can say is... I certainly hope I'm not that. Yeah. But I, you know, I can't apologize for all of the waves of culture that surround us. I can't fight. Like I said before, I can't fight the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, boy, these are challenging topics for a Monday, aren't they? Yeah, they really <laughs> I thought are. we were going to come in and talk about the Steelers and Bills. <laughs> we um, were. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I, 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 um, I've had that question. You know, we're a, we're a, a Christian ministry to college students. On the campus. CCO. Yeah, the CCO is. And so... Um, we have an orthodox traditional view of the scriptures, um, which which has a particular view of human sexuality that is one man and one woman, right, in a mm-hmm. covenantal relationship. Um, and so I've had that statement made towards us many yes. times. On campus. On campus. And what I say is um, my hope is our ministries are, are friendly to all sinners, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's open to everyone. Now, once people make a decision that they want to be followers of Jesus— Right. Then we talk about what it means to be followers of Jesus. But previously getting there, kind of to our earlier point, we Jesus doesn't try to change our behaviors and then change our hearts. Right. He goes the other way, changes our hearts. And then in obedience, loving obedience to Jesus, we try to then be obedient. Right. And so (laughs) then we can talk about what obedience looks Mm -hmm. like. Um, So I I know that I I guess I would also say is that third way of being countercultural is. what does it look like to have those hard conversations and not back away? That's to, very difficult. But to do it in a loving way. It's very difficult. Right? When, when people come to you and want to attack and shame to say, I hear you. You know, I, my guess is you've probably had some really hard conversations with people who define themselves as Christians and followers of Jesus like I am. Um, could you give me a shot to talk this thing through? What's that look like? Yeah. Right. Let's yeah. take a break. Vince Buren's with us from the Coalition for Christian Outreach. We'll take a break. We're talking about protests, battles, what's happening on the college campuses right now, and what it is to be Christ-like. Stick around for that. One hundred one point five WORD. Pastor Ted Cunningham suggests that for a good time, you should call home. On another Best of 2019 edition of Focus on the Family, Ted encourages couples to make a deliberate effort to have fun together and to enjoy each day as husband and wife. You'll laugh along and be encouraged as he shares stories from his own marriage. Next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is this never ends. 
Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100, 800-290-7100. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From annual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather tech floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories, and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure, and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville at extremetruck.net. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection, a diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark, beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Since 1952, Light of Life has been serving Pittsburgh's hurting and homeless, sharing the message of hope with all who come to us for help. I was this broken shell of a woman. I couldn't deal with life. I was afraid. Your compassion and kindness allows Light of Life to restore hope in the hearts of hurting men and women in our community. I truly believe they're the reason why I'm still clean. Please visit lightoflife.org give and share a special holiday gift of hope today. We're talking protests, college campuses, what it is to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Vince Burens is with us. Vince is the president of the CCO, the Coalition for Christian Outreach. I was thinking as you were talking before um, we had to break, Vince, about how we react to culture and how we we look at you know uh Netflix's decision to air this you know which sounds Satire like a, of a, a gay Jesus gay Jesus movie for yep. Christmas um or you know John you were living in New York when the last temptation of Christ came out right remember that but, yeah and that was one of those weird things where nobody had seen the film but there were literally hundreds of people outside the Zigfield theater in protest hmm. Even before the film was out, which right. is often happening. Right. And and I haven't seen the, the Netflix thing, but I'm not going to watch it because it just sounds so dumb. Sure does. And people are outraged about the Hallmark, the Channel. Hallmark Channel. And, you know, they, they were airing a gay ad. And then so many people complained about the gay ad, especially this organization called One Million Moms, that they pulled the ad because they said, oh, no, no, you're right. But then once they pulled the ad, then the LGBTQ lobby was even louder. And then they came back and said, oh, no, no, now you're right. Now we are going to yeah. air the ad. And right. it's just... It's, Anyway, it just makes me think that we, I think, as Christians, we're holding on to what we think are the Christian vestiges of our culture. Mm -hmm. We feel like we've lost so much. You know, we're the ground is slipping away. We have to grab onto what we can, or it's all going to disappear. Yeah, yeah. And and the reality is, in a more and more secular society like we live in, we are we are trying to get back to the way we were. Right. And 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 I would argue and I really don't mean this as a political statement in any way. 
Um, I, I think that um, historically our culture reflected many more Christian values, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a bad thing that we have no. to run from. Um, I think we just do acknowledge we've always lived in Babylon. We've always lived in a secular society that maybe valued the same things that we as Christians valued for a very long time. And now they value it less and less and in some ways try to throw it in our face. Right. Gay Jesus, which is absolutely absurd, by the way. Any any sort of historical narrative wouldn't even come close to that. But it's really just kind of the bully in the schoolyard. Um you know, trying to go nan and nan and right. They're doing everything they sure. can to kind of get in front of you. Right. They're so, going to bring it out at Christmas for yeah, that reason. Exactly. So, so we have two choices, right? We can engage that and kind of, uh, the, when the bully calls us out, go into the schoolyard and try to fight, which, which doesn't really prove anything. No. Or we can try to live in the way of Jesus, which is try to really follow who he is and, and what he's about. And, and again, I kind of going back to what we we're saying earlier, um, why are we surprised when people who are not Christians don't act like Christians, right? <laughs> I, I don't understand why we – like when there's a system set up that isn't a Christian system and it starts acting like a non-Christian system and we're like, wait a minute. How did this happen? I mean is Netflix owned by, by believing people? I don't think so. I don't think so. So uh, like they're looking to like make as much money as they can. Sure. Right? And they think like, hey, if we do something provocative here, we're going to make money. If, if we get outraged – I don't think we need to get outraged about it. I think we need to do better. Mm, right. Sure. Let, let's create more culture, not to go all, you know, Andy Crouch and culture making here, the book that he wrote. But let's create better things, because I think, Kathy, something you were kind of pointing to earlier is the God of the universe that we believe created us actually wants us to flourish as humans, all human beings. So that means when we do things that directly honor him and reflect him to the world, they're going to be beautiful and they're going to draw people in. If you'll let me go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, a good friend of mine just became the chief medical officer um, of a company based in Nashville um, that provides um, most of the medical treatments to the great majority of penitentiaries and jails Mm. throughout the U.S. and Australia. And um, he's a a deeply devout Christian man. And um, one of the things that he said that's fascinating is they're seeing, similar to on college campuses, highest rates of anxiety and suicide that they've ever seen in in jails and penitentiaries. And the number one um, cause that they're attributing to this, now this is secular government, you know, um, uh, studies that are being done, is that most of the inmates have walked away from religion. And Mm. people without religion don't have hope. Right. This is what a secular institution is saying to my friend, who's the chief medical officer, who's a devout Christian, saying, what do you think we should do about this? <laughs> really? You know, and it's like, well, maybe they need to get some religion. So there are right? people stuck in a hopeless situation yes. in prison yes. for X number of years. What do they hold on to? Exactly. And and in a more and more secular society, you move away from you move away from religion, what we would call the Christian faith, I think. Um, and uh, there's no hope. Right. Hope is an optimism. Right. You know, uh, Christian hope is something very much uh, it's much deeper and, and much more well thought out and much more guaranteed than like hey i hope the sun comes out tomorrow right mm-hmm. it's real true mm-hmm. hope based on a promise with someone who doesn't break their promises yes. right. um so that that's what we can offer that's today. fascinating mm-hmm. but yeah. this is not our world Kath. during the break you you found a verse which i well, think yeah sums things up. i was just thinking about this as we were talking about the outrage about netflix or the hallmark channel or whatever your outrage is it's paul in first corinthians 5 he says what business is it of mine to judge those who are outside the church yeah this is the apostle paul what what 
That's their thing. That's their thing. Yeah. That's they're living according to their worldview, and I can't judge that because they have not signed on to believe and follow the mm-hmm. Jesus that I believe and follow. That's so right. we can sit here and wag our finger and tiss tiss, right, but yeah. right, that's not us. Right. Yeah. Now, of course, what he says right after it is also very important. Are you not to judge those inside? That's right. Because God will judge those outside. Yeah. So yeah. our job is to clean our own house. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and if and what about if we invested more time in that yeah. than we did in boycotting Netflix? Yeah, well, and it, it's a great point, and it, and I think that if we really focus Apostle on, Paul made it, yeah, so I think it's probably yeah, a good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> good job. Him. I mean, every now and again, I'll affirm the apostles. <laughs> yeah, all right, good job. Thank you. Vince. And this ends my time on Word <laughs> FM. Um, no, so um, uh, yeah, obviously a great word from the scriptures. Um, I totally lost it. I was like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Exactly. No. Um, um, I, but it, yeah. it's always the temptation, I think, of ours to a, to put our outrage first mm. on the world yeah. and less on our own church. I'm not saying we need to be the people that go around our own church body and start picking up people's sins. And I don't think that's what the Apostle Paul's talking about. I think the admonition is to start with us, mm-hmm. right, to look at ourselves in the church and right. say, okay, now— and, have we not had enough ammunition all year to see one church story after another right. of pastors who have fallen, church leaders who have fallen, pastors online on Twitter, Christian authors online on Twitter treating each other so horribly yes. so we all can read it yes. on a daily yeah. basis? I mean, we have work to do ourselves. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And um, another way, another term for that would be discipleship, Right. So um, the more and more that we are willing to kind of turn humbly to God's word, remembering that it's his truth, not our right. truth, and to say, okay, what's going on here? And and us as believers, how do we work this out within the church? Because that, in some ways, I mean, I, I, I do think evangelism is incredibly important. It's something we talk about a good bit on college campuses. Um, however, it's really hard to share the faith when we don't know what the faith is. And I think that that's what ends up getting broken down. I think this was Paul's point. I think it's a bit of our point that we're making today, which is we're not, we're not rooted deeply enough in what we believe. And so we kind of get scattered and pulled apart in a variety of different ways. I feel that way about me all the time. I feel like, you know, when I come across, especially all the stuff that John and I have to read on a daily basis, and we're trying to, you know, be aware of what's going on politically, and we're trying to be aware of what's going on socially, and we're trying to be aware of entertainment wise and Mm -hmm. music wise, where we are. And I think, my problem is I don't know the book well enough. I'm yeah. pointing to the Bible. Yeah. I don't know yeah. it well enough yeah. to be able to – I just don't have enough wisdom yet from it yeah. to be able to navigate these ways, yeah. all these challenges and that are around And that says it. a lot because you've been doing this for decades. Right. I still don't know enough. Yeah. Let's take a break. Vince Buren's with us from the Coalition for Christian Outreach. We're talking about protests, what it is to be a believer, the culture, us versus them, all that and more. Stick around. we get a smidge ahead. Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination. For your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. 
we have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. As we enter this holiday season, we've stopped to reflect on what we're grateful for. This is Greg Trzinski, and at the Original Mattress Factory, we're grateful for you, our loyal customers. With your support, more than half of our business comes from repeat customers and referrals. And we have been hometown made for nearly 30 years. So thank you. We look forward to building new relationships and providing the high quality and great value that you've come to expect from the Original Mattress Factory. We wish you and your family a happy and healthy holiday season and a wonderful new year. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. Vince Buren's with us from the CCO, the Coalition for Christian Outreach. Tell us about the CCO, Vince. What is the CCO? The CCO is the Coalition for Christian Outreach, as John so eloquently just said, which doesn't <laughs> tell you anything about what we do. Nothing at all. I just... um, we, are a, we are a campus ministry that's based in Pittsburgh, but we have staff all over the country on about 160 campuses throughout the country. College students. Yes, and we work with college students. And... Um, our unique distinctive is all of our staff are on staff at local churches and are the arm of the church to the college campus. So they are I people see. who I, I was just having a conversation with someone and they said, what are your large group gatherings like? And I said, you mean the fellowship groups? Well, we have traditional fellowship groups like you might ha- ma- imagine. But we actually think about the large group gathering is what happens on Sunday morning. Mm. So we want to see students involved in the life of the local church and showing up on Sunday morning because that builds a sustainable faith. You know, if they're part of a parachurch ministry in college, that's awesome. Uh, however, once you graduate from college, quite often there's not a parachurch ministry available to you. You've got to be part of the Bride of Christ. You've got to be part of the church. And so we really have a vision for integrating students into the life of the local church. It's while so terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you and I have this link because we're both products of the CCO. Correct. You wouldn't be who you are without the CCO. Totally true. I wouldn't be who I am without the CCO. Yeah. And the thing that made a difference to me was being a freshman at Pitt. I remember mm-hmm. going to my, I've talked about this on the air before, going to my philosophy class. 
and the professor is saying, raise your hand if you're a Christian. First day of class. Mm-hmm. So I raised my hand as a Christian. He said, counted him. He said, okay, let's see how many of you say the same thing on the last day of class. Yeah. What? That was what it was. So, yeah. so my parents were paying for the privilege yeah. of having that guy try to convince me not to be a Christian that's over someone a semester. Someone was time. for you. But, that's right. Uh, so that's just the way different college campuses are. Different professors are. I'm not saying that that's representative of Pitt in any way, shape, or form. But the CCO mm-hmm. helped me to work through that. Yeah, helped me to to stand up for my faith, but also not feel like I had to carry the whole weight of Christendom on my back. Sure, like if I fail, I'm you know letting everybody down, like Jesus, the apostles, and you guys. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it was. It, I again, I am who I am because of the CC. Yeah. Well, that's I. I love your testimony in that regard, and we do think about ministry within a context, right? That look up, look in, look out. The look out is the needs of the world and what you're uniquely exposed to, and for our staff, that's working out. Um, their Christian faith in the context of being a college student. So to your point, what does it mean to be a a, a Christian in a philosophy class and understand that the God of the universe is also the God of philosophy? Mm -hmm. So if he's the God of philosophy, then that means you can be a Christian and and be a philosophy major or take a philosophy class and still own your faith. But... Um, but yeah, the the university is always, as they say, about ten years ahead of society. Yeah, sure, sure. And yep. um, I know you only graduated from college a few years ago, yeah, but imagine what right. it's like today. Yeah, the, three yeah, years the ago. ink yeah. the ink is still drying on my diploma right, from the right. University of Pittsburgh. Yeah. We're so glad you were with us today, Vince. Good to be with you. Yeah, Thank Vince. You. So, if people want to know more about the CCO, for yes. either for themselves or for their their college child, yeah, go to ccojubilee.org and learn more about the CCO and our Jubilee conference. Very nice. Always a pleasure. I'll be a Jubilee this year. Will you Great. be a Jubilee this year? I maybe. <laughs> Hey, the podcast is up and running after we leave the air. Johnandkathyshow.com. You can check out that uh, that banter once more, if you so choose. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.